Welcome to the Clean Marine Let's Talk Hormone Health series and I am thrilled to continue the conversation with a woman who is a true wellness warrior, Ireland's first menopause coach and corporate speaker, Catherine O'Keefe. I'm just going to give you a little background on Catherine just in case you don't already know. Catherine is also a founder of the M Word event and contributor to a new book on menopause, M Boldened. She has many years of experience treating women in perimenopause and menopause and prior to the restrictions toured the country giving us talks on how to manage our menopause but we're not going to let the restrictions stop us talking Catherine um, Catherine has also innovated and brought her talks and appointments online and is here today to talk perimenopause and menopause Catherine it's wonderful to have you with us today Thanks, Lorraine. It's lovely to be with you today. And uh, I'm delighted you and Clean Marine have asked me to take part in this podcast. I guess I get such a fantastic reaction when I do my talks around the country. And obviously now with COVID and the restrictions, life has changed and we're all adjusting um, with that. And I guess the main thing for me is we have to keep this conversation going because the doors have opened big time yes. in the last while and we need to just keep it moving forward. Exactly. And actually, that was my first question. We are talking more about hormone health, mm -hmm. perimenopause and menopause. In the past, it would have been seen as kind of a dirty little secret and something that you yeah. sweep under the carpet or a taboo subject. Why has that changed? Why are Irish women talking now? I think women want to know more about menopause. I think um, for, for too long, it's been shoved under the carpet and we haven't discussed it at all. Whereas now women want knowledge. They want to know what their choices are. They want to know, you know, what, what medical routes they can go through, maybe what natural routes they can follow. And they're looking to be empowered. They no longer want to just sit back and muddle, kind of through. Just muddle through. Yeah, they, they really want to know what are the symptoms? What can I do about it and how can I help myself? And I think that's what that's the biggest change I would see that women are really open and receptive to the knowledge mm -hmm. and to hearing, you know, what can I do? Tell me, please, you know, how can I help myself? Because previous generations weren't allowed to talk about it, really. No. Um, and I suppose when you look back, you know, for us now, we hope to live beyond 80, maybe mm. even into our 90s. Yeah. So when women got menopause in their 50s, it was kind of towards the end of their lives. You know, when when really at that stage, you might live till 60, 65. Is that why do you think that women are realising, OK, I'm going to be around for a lot longer. This is actually just my midlife. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I need to make sure that I have the best one possible for the I, foreseeable future. Big time. I think I think now we're realizing that, you know, 50 is the new 30. You yeah. know, we are slap bang in the middle. And like you said, we're definitely um, the age profile is going up. Um, you know, more women are living into their 90s and their late 80s than before. So and, and I think because we've changed the attitude to menopause and we're talking about it more um, the stigma is going yes. and I think because the stigma is going um, people are just more open to actually put their hand up and say yes I'm in menopause yes. um, whereas like I would have even found five years ago I could talk to some friends and be like oh gosh I don't want to talk about that whereas now you know you'll talk to different groups of women and they're like oh god yeah let's talk about it give me the information because yeah, yeah, knowledge is key yeah, yeah and it's and it's not the conversation that's kind of whispered it's, it's become a conversation that women are having over coffee they're having when they're walking when they're running when they're with family or whatever 
Um, you know, and I think that's that's the right starting point in terms of it's just simply talking about it yes. because menopause, if you don't talk about it, can be quite lonely. Yes. As you try and struggle through the symptoms if you don't get a handle on them. So, you know, talking about it is just so, so important. Because then you can take action. And as you say, the options are out there. I remember myself even when I started the conversation with Clean Marine almost four years ago now. And they decided the campaign should be called Let's Talk Menopause. And I was frightened out of my wits to come out (laughs) and say it because I knew I'd been suffering for so long. But because I was suffering in silence and because I was ignorant to the -hmm. options that I had and how I could actually change things and and live a better life, I decided, you know what, there must be so many women like me out there. And I talk about women supporting women and being a woman's woman. So why am I afraid to have this conversation? And if I come out and talk about it, then then other people will too. Hugely. And, you know, it's 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 those conversations that the change they make, like I always say, every conversation is a stepping stone to change. So every one conversation you have yeah. is changing the landscape. And it's not just for us, this generation. It's for My our daughters. Kids. Exactly. Yes. Um, I have three boys and, you know, I, I laugh. They go around talking about menopause like it's <laughs> it's a it's a daily occurrence, you know, so they're to them. Yeah. It's a completely complete normal part of life. Yes. And that's what it should be, as opposed to something that we're just not talking about. Yes. And I think the great thing for our generation, for the next generation, is that there's so much talk about it now. Um, and even in the last two years, the conversation has changed dramatically. If you look at social media, more people are talking about it. If you look at the media, the papers in general, there's more information out there. And that's what women want. They want the information. They want factual, correct, evidence-based information on, you know, how they can help themselves. Because it's not something that makes you old and decrepit and past it. I I mean, I still feel, (laughs) God forbid, sexy you know yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and I can are. have you are I can have perimenopause so I think it's really important yeah. to you know to get that kind of stigma yeah it, you know? it, it, there's it's funny actually only yesterday I was talking to Caroline Harris who was part of the team behind emboldens and she was giving me a great quote where you know you can choose to be a liberated cougar or the infertile crone and I said to her <laughs> I will go for the liberated cougar any that. day because I just think that that concept of the crone and the you know that everything is dragged down and that you're yeah. old and that you're beyond it we have to it has to go it really just has to go and the reality is it's just another stage in our yeah. hormonal life we yeah. have five stages and one yeah. of them is you know the last one is menopause postmenopause so yeah. yeah it's inevitable it's going to happen to all of us we can't skirt it <laughs> yeah. we, we can't avoid it so for me i think it's like because we can't avoid it, you just arm yourself with knowledge and embrace it. Because, as you know, like there is um, an amazing positives that come with this stage in your life, exactly. particularly once you get a handle on the symptoms. Catherine, what kind of signs should a woman be looking out for coming into the kind of perimenopause stage of their life? Um, I, I think I would start off by saying, you know, think about that this can happen from the early 40s. Um, and having kind of the awareness um, at that stage and, you know, bear in mind that your hormones are declining. It's going to impact fertility. And like we know, we're having kids later. I had my third son when I was 40 and it definitely took longer 
um, to get pregnant okay. than it did with my previous um, pregnancies. Because the hormones because levels the are hormones dropping. Are dropping. Yeah. So just it, that's just be aware of that. But in terms of the more general symptoms, you know, anxiety um, is one that tends to start creeping in um, certainly around 42, 43. And you may never have been anxious before and all of a sudden a little bit anxious, maybe going out to meet friends or maybe in a meeting at work or something. And that then can trigger a loss of confidence, affect self-esteem and so forth. Um, and uh, another kind of big area that can creep up in your big symptom would be weight gain. Yes. Um, as we get older, it becomes more difficult to move weight. Our our the, our metabolism isn't the same as what it was. You're eating the same 20, food, the same quantities, yeah, but you're putting on weight. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And um, it gets harder to move it. So it's very important to kind of keep an eye on weight gain um, your skin, skin changes. Your skin can often become drier and that could be it doesn't necessarily have to be your face. It could be your arms, your legs. You might you might feel that you flaky skin and so forth. So again, it's kind of lubricating and moisturizing your body um, from within. So you're dehydrated, um, really. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and, you know, dehydration, uh, you know, will make a lot of the symptoms of menopause worse and particularly when you get further on the line to uh, hot flushes and so forth but in the early stages um it really is you know the anxiety confidence weight gain skin changes and sleep can start to become disturbed and you can start waking up where you never had an issue before moods um, irritability when maybe before you've been the calmest uh, person ever and you find yourself becoming more irritable you maybe find you know bouts of pure rage where something just really boils over um, internally for you and they're all little um, kind of signposts and another big one would be libido Yes. where there's a drop in libido um, and with libido, there's a lot of um, psychological and physical aspects to it in terms of what's going on. Um, you know, it, it may be whether, you know, is sex painful or is it um, that you just basically not are not interested <laughs> at all, yeah. you know? Um, and I think certainly I think that's something that's impacted all of us at some point in the journey. And you can put it down to being busy and juggling so much and, you know, working inside or outside the home and, you know, having children, you can blame it on all sorts of things <laughs> but actually it's hormones it's hormones yeah yeah I, I, you know they would be the the kind of some of the more common uh, so it's like don't wait for the hot flush or the night sweat because a lot of other things can happen before that or the period don't wait for the period to stop because that is not that's not perimenopause you know it can be I always kind of think of the analogy of the iceberg you know there can be a lot of things happening on the surface um, and more going on underneath so don't you know the the, 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 the more physical symptoms like um, periods changing, uh, hot flushes and night sweats, there's still a lot more to it. Okay. Um, so don't wait for them, you know, be aware of some of the other symptoms. Because unfortunately, well. that's what we have been led to believe up to now. Uh, yeah, it's you know, a ser- stereotypical until is then. The, yeah. yeah, the hot flush, yeah. the, the, the sweaty woman. And, you know, yeah. um, I mean, I never knew that if you're going to get menopause, which is the majority of women, then you're sure to get perimenopause. One, you know, leads on to the other. Yeah. I didn't realise that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess it's all, it's the steps in the journey, you know. Yes, that it's, yeah. And to me, to me, really, I, the vast majority of the symptoms, they all happen in perimenopause, all of them. Um, you know, the, the menopause side of it is, is shorter. The per- perimenopause years are longer. 
you spoke there about anxiety and that's one of the big things um what can you do to to deal with it i mean what would you advise us top um, tips t- um it, it depends on kind of what type of anxiety the most common forms of anxiety in menopause can be social anxiety health anxiety and panic attacks so each of them would need their own kind of tailored approach but at a high level number one is breathing number one always come back to your breath and wherever you are it's always with you you know if you're sitting in a car and you're stressed because of traffic or you're feeling anxious breathe you know if at you wake up during the night breathe anywhere just number one is breathe and breathe deeply don't make it shallow take it take sounds time. a bit ridiculous though doesn't it breathe i know it's i remember so saying simple, to somebody before but... the time to breathe <laughs> <laughs> or my jeans are too tight I can't breathe <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's 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 the power oh my god I, I the power of our our breath is phenomenal in what it can do you know um, for children even it's for all of us um, number one is is breathing mm-hmm. um, you know then really exercise exercise on a daily basis no matter if it's 10-15 minutes is really good to release the feel-good hormones and you need them to combat the more stress hormones, the cortisol, etc. And that's not um, going to the gym and, and pumping weights necessarily. No, no. You know, it's walking in the park with a friend. It's walking in the mountains. It's going for a dip in the sea. You know, whatever yeah. you like. Do just something that you enjoy. Walk with the dog, you know, whatever it is. Um, CBT, cognitive behavioural therapy, is extremely effective for anxiety. It is one of, um, one of, probably one of the best known therapies when it comes to anxiety and menopause so certainly well worth investigating that and the nice what I like about CBT is you can actually do it yourself uh, by reading um, a book on it and taking some of the practices it's like Uh, meditation is it no it's literally it's it's literally um, kind of giving your brain different messages changing the record changing it's kind of like you know if you think there's a tiger coming into the room and in actual fact you're just out you know out in a restaurant with friends but you're feeling anxious tell your brain you know I'm not under threat it's these simple little okay. strategies that you just change the the, the record mm-hmm. um, and what you can you can also do is you can join groups and you can do it as a group or obviously you can also see a therapist so there's several ways of using it but it's a very very powerful tool um, on top of that I would say you know talk talk to, to a friend you know have a trusted confidant your partner you know somebody that you can share with is mm-hmm. really really important Um I would reduce the triggers. I would look at alcohol consumption. I would look at caffeine consumption. Um, these aren't your friends when it comes to anxiety. We know that. And it's really just being mindful of how much maybe they're in your daily habits and yes. tweaking it because, yeah. you know, it, it has a knock on effect on anxiety and water. Drink water. Irish women, we don't drink enough water. And we know that being even 2% dehydrated affects your brain. So it, it while it affects your memory and concentration and um, being dehydrated can also lead to anxiety. Okay. So it's a simple, you know, have your bottle of water in the car, you know, around and the for house. your future healthy self. Exactly. For yeah. your brain health. It's really, really important. Mm-hmm. What is a menopause coach? So what I do is, and I guess 
you know, if you say, for example, I always say I demystify it. So if you go on to Dr. Google, as many of us do at different <laughs> points, you'll get like millions of pages come up in response to menopause or perimenopause. Frighten the life out of you. Exactly. <laughs> you'll run out the door and, you know, uh, throw the laptop somewhere before you go any further. So I guess there's so much information out there. And for for a lot of women, when you're struggling with a myriad of symptoms, it can be very hard to see the wood from the trees. So that's where I come in. So basically what I do is I do demystify it and I basically talk to, to you know, if it's on a one to one basis, I talk to women about exactly where they're at, what their most challenging symptoms are and more most importantly is what the choices are. And for some women, they may want to, you know, look at HRT for other women. They may want to look at, you know, complementary medicine. And then regardless of what approach you take, there's always the lifestyle side that you have to look at. So what I do is I sit down and I bring all those pieces together and work um, with a w- woman through that. Um, and, you know, my whole aim is, you know, I love when I just see a woman maybe once or twice because then I've empowered her with the knowledge Fantastic. and she can go forward and she has the information and can go from there. What are the symptoms then? What are the symptoms that, that people should be looking for? Um, most common and and one thing that I think is really important is I'm finding that a lot of women think they're waiting for the periods to change. They're waiting for the hot flush to happen or the night sweats. Forget about that in the beginning. What you want to start looking at is a change in your emotional level. I'm seeing um, a lot of women from early 40s, so 42, 43, a little bit more anxious, maybe not as confident at work. Maybe their self-esteem is dipping a bit. That is your signals that things are starting to change, unless obviously there's a life circumstance. But for the vast majority, you're talking about the early 40s and the emotional realm for many is where it starts. And then the more physical to me, really, the more physical aspects like the hot flush and the night sweats will come as you're Later. further. Yeah, as you're further down the journey. So perimenopause for me would have started, unfortunately, in my late 30, 30s and I didn't okay, realize. Right. Um, so I would have I would have had symptoms. I would have had symptoms in my late 30s that I would put down to just being busy. Yeah. Working full time yeah. with two small babies. Overworked, overburdened. Yeah. Never yeah. thought for a second that it was anything to do with a hormonal imbalance. Obviously, I was tired yeah. and I was working and juggling <laughs> very hard. But I could have actually helped that situation had mm. I known that it was yeah. the beginnings yeah. of perimenopause. Yeah. Yeah. So the symptoms yeah. for me of perimenopause were tiredness and um, being irritable but then I put that down to the fact that I was tired Tired, I wasn't Mm. sleeping I disrupted sleep again that's why I was tired and irritable had a very low libido again all related to the fact so it all came back for me to just being a busy working mom juggling too much when I started finding out about perimenopause and putting it mostly down to the hormonal imbalance that I was having that's when it made the difference yeah, for me. Yeah. And that's yeah. when I said, OK, I've got to share this story. Yeah, that, that's when the penny dropped. Yes. And I, I would find, you know, I when I do um, my talks and I'm talking to someone, you know, I'll talk about the anxiety and the loss of confidence. And you literally see p- women in the audience like it's like a light goes on. It it's like that happened to me. Yeah. So it's to me, it's very important that like women are aware of what can happen early, because if you are, you can really start 
getting in there, you know, making your little daily habits, making your tweaks that will change things because there's a lot of symptoms. There's over 34 symptoms of menopause um, itself and perimenopause. So, you know, it's but the sooner you get a handle on it and if you kind of go into perimenopause ready yes. and you're embracing it, the journey is so much easier. I was probably I, I was similar to, to you, Lorraine, except I was older. I was 43. I think um, 43, heading into 44. And at the time I was working in corporate banking and I definitely I saw my anxiety and I saw I was in a meeting one day and I was um, given numbers gone. They flew out the window. It was like everything disappeared. And that has a ripple effect because then your confidence. So that was brain fog. Then your confidence takes a knock because, oh, my God, you know, Catherine always knows her facts and figures. But these just flew out. They were gone. So it's it's a kind of a domino effect, you know, when it, it comes to the emotional side. So and then that triggers anxiety. And then if you don't know what's happening, all of a sudden you're in a little bit of a um, a catch 22. So knowing what to look out for is yes. key. And I guess one of the other um, things that I would feel quite strongly about, too, is the emotional side that can happen. It is your hormones and you have to remember it's your hormones. It's unless, again, there's not, there isn't life circumstances. It generally is not depression and antidepressants aren't in yes. my view, a solution. It's, and Dr. Mary Ryan said the same when we were talking on this podcast that um, depression is overdiagnosed yeah, in women in yeah, Ireland, women yeah. all over the world yeah. over 40. Yeah, big time, big time, because you have to bring it back to, you know, estrogen affects so much in our bodies. All our hormones do, progesterone, testosterone, and the drop in them is a mood. Not, yeah, it's, it's a drop gonna, in mood. It's not going to go unnoticed, you know, yes. so like, you know, there's so like we kind of touched on the the, the psychological um, symptoms, but the physical symptoms like it's it's not just the night sweats and the hot flushes. You have you mentioned the insomnia, the brain fog, the loss of concentration, the memory are, yes. are very big. Weight gain is yes. a real struggle for many, many women because your metabolism changes um, as you get older and as the hormones go down. And, you know, libido is another big one. Pelvic issues in general, like urinary um, vaginal dryness things like that. And it's not that every woman gets all the symptoms. Yes. Thankfully, that's not the case. It may just be that at certain times one is more dominant than the other. I discovered my hair, like hair loss, like I would have had after I had my babies, you know, and that was just for a period of time. And again, that was the hormones just balancing themselves again. But that started, you know, kind of in my late 30s, early 40s, clumps of hair in the shower, my skin Mm. um, my nails. And they're all things that are related as well that yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. And pain, about. pain and inflammation is another one that um, a lot of women will talk about. And they don't again. They joint don't, pain. The joint pain. They don't tie it back at all to um, yeah. to menopause. I was blaming you know. the fact that I used to run, you know, in my late teens and <laughs> don't 20s. ever blame yeah. running for anything. <laughs> Actually, that brings me on to the next question: exercise and diet. They're also yeah. factors that can help yeah. in perimenopause yeah. and menopause. Um, I guess I'm 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 a huge. Um, fan of food first and diet is really really important um you know i'm often asked what are the key you know um nutrients that you should be looking at in your diet and for me you know my go-to um omega-3 your vitamin d Mm -hmm. your b vitamins are really really important you know and you know however 
not for many women they may not be getting enough to their diet and even if you eat healthy which I do most of the time because our food nowadays goes through so many journeys before it arrives on our plates mm-hmm. unfortunately a lot of that goodness is lost yeah. yeah so I found that out as well that you do have to supplement but with the yeah. right supplement yeah. and this is not just an obvious plug for clean marine menamin you need to look at the supplements yeah. and choose the right ones that's also a bit of a minefield though oh, there's so yeah. many out there and we don't want to waste our money or our time <laughs> I, I on, on one of the one of the talks I, I did um, last year, some a lady came in the audience and, and everyone we she she was fantastic. She literally came up and she said um, we were talking about supplements. She said she brought a bag. Oh a bag of supplements goodness. and she said could do you mind and I said look bring them up and I look a large through tote them. oh my god <laughs> oh my god some she bought on the internet and you know oh lord but if you think about a woman who is in really struggling with menopausal symptoms you will you I know. will try everything yeah. but I'm always saying to people you have to read the labels you have to know the ingredients and you have to make sure that what you're taking is very very good and I think and that you know, information is out there and it's online too I know cleanmarine.ie do a fun, I mean their website is fantastic but they have the fabulous essential guide to female hormones um, which is very very helpful from puberty read. the yeah. whole way through yeah. um, the information is out there it's just knowing which parts to read yeah. and which ones to which, believe. Yeah. And and I always say, if you do your research once and do it thoroughly, it might take you 20 minutes, it might take you half an hour, but you don't have to do it again because you'll find something that works for you. So like if you look at the B vitamins in Menomen, they play a number of roles. And only recently I was doing several Instagram stories on B vitamins because they are so crucial to menopause. They're just, they're like the cornerstone. If you, if you want to build the foundation of your journey in menopause, it's starts with your B vitamins and so like if you look at B6 helps to regulate hormonal activity and maintain the mucous membranes you've B1, B12 which contribute to normal psychological function these are really key ingredients for menopause and particularly when you're starting that perimenopause journey so say in the early 40s and you know it's 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 for me it's you know, yes, you can look at your diet, but in certain cases, and particularly too, if you're vegan, vegetarian, your B vitamins, you may not be getting enough. So you have to be really, really careful. So something like um, Clean Marine Menamin is an excellent supplement to help women through um, through perimenopause. I, I guess a lot of people know me that I, I, I'm I very thorough and I research everything to the nth degree. You know, my husband's always given out I'm a bookworm, but it's so important that you do that yes. because there there's you know otherwise you you know it's important that women are taking if they are taking supplements they're taking something that's benefiting them that's really really important yes you know and when when you talk about um so diet diet is key and you know you come back to then you know uh, the fresh fruit and vegetables and like you said our food goes through a lot of journeys Mm -hmm. before it comes to us so i'm a huge fan of where possible um organic as much as you can or at least wash your vegetables you know your skins and so forth um, and just make sure you're taking off some of the sprays but you know food is everything and then after food exercise um, and I'm I'm um, a lover of running and that's my thing 
And I love it for two reasons. Um, the headspace is number one. It's mm -hmm. my complete, it's my mindfulness, it's my meditation, it's my everything. And also what it does for my body. It's weight bearing, so it's good for my bones. Um, you know, so it's, but it's really important to have exercise that you like. Like don't, you know, do something because Lorraine or Catherine said you should do it. Yes. Do it because you enjoy it. You know, that could be hiking with your friends. It could be walking, it could be swimming, it could be running, it could be, I don't know yeah. anything. It's yeah. just you have to you have to enjoy it, though, is the key thing, because otherwise yeah. you won't keep doing it. And I think that's what makes the essential guide to female hormones so helpful, because it goes through all of that. The, yeah, the lifestyle. And they have yeah. the experts, you know, in, in fitness and in nutrition and an endocrinologist and all of that featured at each stage. So for yeah. my daughters, you know, teenagers from that stage, number one, all the way up to where I am, which is number four at perimenopause. And then obviously uh, number five is on its way. Um, but <laughs> it's a long way off. <laughs> yeah, I keep pretending it is anyway, Catherine. <laughs> My goodness. Um, so diet and and exercise yeah. are hugely important. Yeah. And I, I probably on top of that, I would say and, and the, I, God, every day this 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 comes at me in some shape or form. And particularly now with the fact we're we're living longer, mm. our brain health is so so important I can't stress it enough for women and mm -hmm. um, we now know that two out of um, every three dementia uh, patients are women uh, we know for a fact more women will get dementia than than men my goodness we have to be proactive and one of the one of the most important things you can do other than all the lifestyle advice we know you have to manage your stress you yes. really you have to make a very conscious effort to um, have daily practices that manage your stress. That could be um, doing 10, 15 minutes of meditation. It could be reading a book that just is pure escapism, just something that brings you down because and particularly in recent times like we've seen uh, cortisol levels, anxiety levels have gone through the roof and what what we sometimes women don't realize is that if you're if you've had a busy day and you've had a bit of stress throughout the day and yes, you might fall asleep quickly, but that cortisol is still rushing around your body and you will wake up. That will be the woman who will say, oh, I'm waking up at three or four in the morning. That's because the cortisol is still there and it's still going around. And that has long term. We now know it has long term effects on our brain health. So managing stress is single-handedly one of the most important things mm -hmm. you can do. And that's taking uh, care of yourself. A big really, time. And it? it's not selfish, I'm, I was Lorraine. about to say it's, women think that yeah, it's being selfish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. listen, I, 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 um, I certainly would have said a couple of years ago, self-care and particularly, you know, when you have young kids and you, you kind of hear people talking about, a about it a lot, I would kind of thought, oh God, really, we just have to get on with things, you know. But now I actually realise it, like it's self-preservation. It's a it's future proofing our brains for the future. Um, I, you know, I did I did in June, I did 14 interviews concentrated around brain health. And the one thing that came out of every single one of them was stress My for goodness. women managing stress. We multitask. We should not multitask. We both we, about it, yeah, which is yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I remember when I, when I was in the corporate world, I would have I would have written on my CV one of my one of my positives was I was a perfectionist. Yeah, no longer. I now know that yeah. that's not a good thing. Yeah, I'm quite you happy know? to peak at grand. Yeah, yeah, progress <laughs> rather than perfection. I used to peak at you know? fantastic. Do you know what I mean? Whereas now I'm like, you know what? You yeah. can't have it all. 
at yeah. the same time. Yeah. And, you know? you know, so it's it's it's, you know, and, and like there's so much you can do. You're back to your omega threes and, you know, your food around managing that. But we have to get so pro proactive around our daily stresses. Yes. And, uh, you know, the other thing I would say on top of that is we have to keep social. Um, you know, we've been through the stages where, you know, you're dropping your kids to school, you're talking to some friends at school or whatever, but then the kids get older and you're not dropping them and you I don't know. interact as much. And you're much. not needed, you are needed as much, but you're kind of not, you know, for for my teenagers, the most important thing in their lives at the moment are their friends. Yeah, yeah. I'm just kind yeah. of surplus to requirements, you yeah. know. I yeah. can collect, drop and feed. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah, taxi. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so you're, you're without realising it, as, as the years go on, we're interacting with less people. So you have to um, make a very conscious effort to make sure you're interacting with people. I've got a great friend who said to me um, a couple of years ago, she just said, you know, one piece of advice, Catherine, I can give you if anyone asks you to go anywhere within reason, always say yes. You know, any social occasion, anything within, you know, obvious yeah. reason, yeah. <laughs> say yes. She said, because, you know, the day will come when you mightn't have as many social outlets as yes. you have now and that you really have to nourish that and, and nourish having, those friendships. Yeah, your tribe, have your tribe and yeah. kind of, you know, it will help through the journey. Yes. Um, and it's all of that is so good as well for your brain health. And you see, when you think about it now, because we're having children a little bit later than mm-hmm. the previous generations, um, our children, we should be having children around the time where we're out of college, we're maybe a few years in the workplace, the career is going really well. You know, then suddenly you have to think about having children. Then if you're lucky and you do have uh, children, you're juggling that with your career, you know, mm-hmm. still probably hoping to to for it to take. increase and to take off. Yeah. yeah. So there's an awful lot of pressures on women nowadays mm. from 40 plus than there would have been in the past. Yeah, yeah, hugely. And and plus, the pressures are coming from every angle, you know, it can be aging parents. It's your own family. It's your work. It's, you know, your yeah. career. And so, you know, it, it, it does come back to the fact that you you have to nourish yourself yeah. um, nourish yourself before you can nourish other people and don't feel um, selfish about no, it God, you're actually doing no, it so you can be yeah, more yeah, exactly to exactly. yourself and to others yeah. um, so the idea of dealing with menopause in the workplace as I said you know life has changed for all of us um, you know most people my mum had seven children and she was a stay at home mum so she worked extremely hard at home and uh, I always say to her, my goodness, how did you do it with seven? I only mm. have two. But she says to me, Laurie, you have two, but you're also working, you know, and you're looking after the house and you're bringing the kids to different after school activities because she used to just say to us, get out into that back garden and entertain <laughs> yourselves. Whereas now no we put even more pressure on ourselves because, yeah. you know, Romy's yeah. going to piano and Amelia's going to drama and one of them is going to, you know, rugby training. The other one's going to basketball, whatever it is. Yeah. So, you know, we we have to to juggle so much. Um, our workplaces, are they you know, helping us out anyway. Has the situation improved any? I think 
we've a long way to go. Now, there's for definite, there's some very progressive um, Irish companies, you know, that I've worked with and that I've, you know, um, been brought in and I've spoken with their um, employees and so forth. And that's actually increasing. That's incredible. It, is, it is. We've like Hewlett Packard, um, Irish Cement, um, you know, there's many Isn't others that, that have started to, open, you know, have opened the doors. And I'm, I really hope what they've done will kind of lead the way for um, other workplaces because mm-hmm. it, it's a fact we're working longer. It's a fact. Yeah. And what another really important fact in that is the wisdom women have, you know, when you're in your 40s, 50s, 60s, no money, no, there's no dollar and um, there's no dollar amount you can put on that, you know, True. because that comes from the number of years you spent with a company, the loyalty you've built up, etc. You're you you become invaluable. Yes. But to actually retain that talent, employers need to actually show um, women that they're supporting them. And how you start that is that you you open the conversation in work. Mm-hmm. That you have like you know most workplaces now do lunch and learn sessions. You do a lunch and learn about menopause. That's, you know, and would the men be invited to attend that yeah, as well? Yeah, I've done talks and I've done mixed audience. I, it's important your male colleagues understand it too. Big time. And particularly line managers um, who are male. It's really, really important because there's a different, you know, it's important that they understand what the symptoms are and what could be happening and how you negotiate a conversation with a, a woman in menopause is you really need to understand informed. you'd need to be very very informed and also for an employee a woman needs to to know how can she approach the conversation with her manager and again that's you know something a lot of women will not feel comfortable with mm-hmm. i think there's a, a statistic in the uk where like 92% of women would not feel comfortable talking with their manager about it. So it's really important that you that, you know, you kind of help your employees that you're opening the conversation so that it can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's it, it has to happen across all workplaces. You know, um, we need we needed to drill down. You know, we need it to be in government departments. We, you know, yes. with the health service, you know, we what need can we to, do as women then to to make that happen or to I, speed that process? up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not that I don't think we can fast track this one. <laughs> but I well, the, the what Diane Danzebrink, um, a good friend of mine in the UK, started Make Menopause Matter, um, a campaign. And we um, have an extension of that campaign in Ireland. So you've, you've taken yeah, that I've on board. I've taken that on and um, it's with Uplift, the Irish um, petition um, Great. Adv- advocacy group. So I like that because, you know, Uplift is Irish and I, yes. as much as possible, you know, we need to support each other. Yes. So we need to support Irish women. So what that campaign calls for, we're basically starting at the at the, the, the bottom. Yeah. We're looking to have menopause included in secondary school education. Um, so in the SPHE classes, Fantastic. we um, want to um, really look at GP training um, when it comes to menopause, because we know more needs to be done in that area a lot more. Yes. Um, uh, you know, as opposed to being an add on once you've qualified as a doctor, it needs to be part of your basic training. And for nurses and therapists and people who are working with mm-hmm. women in menopause um, and, you know, then the next uh, big Uh, part of it is the different types of menopause because um, you know the majority yes the majority of women will
will go through natural menopause, but we've also got cancer induced in surgical menopause and we've got premature ovarian insufficiency, which can happen girls as young as 13, um, which is early menopause. So all of those need to be catered and supported by the Irish um, healthcare system. And then the last thing is menopause in the workplace. There needs to be policies. There needs to be um, there needs to be full support for women and flexibility where it yeah. works. So, you know, I know for many women I'm talking to now, they're actually finding working from home fantastic because if they're suffering from hot flushes or maybe a bit of anxiety it takes all the pressure off. But then on the other side of that, you know, um, if you've got a woman who maybe is experiencing social anxiety and all of a sudden now isn't seeing people, that has a detrimental yes. impact as well. And, you know, that can lead to more anxiety and, you know, and, you know, it can just lead to depression and so forth. So mm-hmm. it's really just getting the mix right yes. um, and having the supports in place. And what is that petition? Is there a website? It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's uplift.ie and it's Make Menopause Matter Ireland. Fantastic. So, so yeah, sign it, um, please, because yes. um, it definitely it's here to help. It's not for us, really. It's for the next generations. Spread the word spread and the spread word. the love. Yes. <laughs> the M word event. Fantastic event last year. Amazing yeah. to see so yeah. many women come out and support it. My mm. goodness. Unfortunately, because of the restrictions with COVID, it can't happen this year. What is is the plan for the future. Oh, yes. Can we even plan? I know. Yeah, I know. It's 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 like, oh, yeah, I think we were gutted. Um, we had to postpone because it was simply an amazing day. And I think, God, one of the things I took from it was just all the smiles. And yes. I actually met a, a friend I ran with last week and she was like, oh, I was talking to a new friend I met who was at my table at the M word. And uh. she'd gone on her own and met a new friend. And that's what it's about. It's about sharing, connecting, you know, supporting each other and and helping each Mm. other. So, um, yes, we definitely um, need to do it again. And I think obviously the landscape is changing and it's changing every week at the moment. So it's really just looking at how we can best support women in an event going forward. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I think, you know, hopefully maybe by the end of the year, we'll have some idea of what the next one will look like. And I think certainly we'd like early next year Yes, to have another event and we'll just it'll it won't be the same, but, you know, we'll definitely try and um, like we're doing at the moment, just keeping the conversation exactly going and keep people connected. Yeah. And keeping, you know, letting women have um, um, the opportunity to listen to the experts and, you know, just get practical down to earth um, advice and information. Because we do have so many years after menopause yes. to live. Yes. There is hope on the other side. There's so much hope. There's that liberated cougar, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, there is like, I guess it's sometimes, you know, I, I kind of find, God, am I living in my own little world? Because I'm like, I'm thinking, you know, this is so pa- powerful, as in it's so embracing um, or, you know, empowering. Or empowering. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if you look at Japan, they have a, a fabulous world called Kenenkai, which means renewal years like that we don't have. We've got infertile crone and all these other <laughs> Desperate. the change. Yeah. Oh, I hate the word. The they change. call it the, um, my know. second spring. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's mm. yeah. So like it's all that we need to move towards the positive, empowering 
side of all of this, because like us, the amount of women who have, you know, gone on to change careers completely, learn new languages, travel more, take up a new hobby. Mm -hmm. I, I would say literally every woman I've spoken to in perimenopause is doing something that's different. It might be something simple that they're changing to their day or it can be something bigger. Mm-hmm. But change is there, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I think we need to look forward too. I mean, I'm dying to not have any periods. <laughs> so I mean, it's been a real God. pain in the ass, no pun intended, <laughs> for so I much know. of my life. I so know. I'm going to be jumping off those cliffs <laughs> into the water and horse riding, doing all those things in the ads <laughs> that I, I have to do with periods. Without. Every, every time I get mine, I'm like, oh, for God's sake, yeah. seriously? Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, they come in. And it's always at the wrong time as well, you know. No, but I think like if you look at, um, say, the Mayan, um, the Mayan women um, in South America, they throw a party when they've hit their final period, when they're in menopause. And like they hit it now earlier than us because they have so many more children and their estrogen tends to deplete quicker. Okay, But like. That's what it yeah, should be. Celebrate. It should be totally. Yeah. And, and, you know, it sh- it's we have to have to look at the fact that and I know I'm not taking from um, situations where the symptoms can be really difficult. But once you get a handle on the symptoms through whatever avenue you pick, there is um, an empowerment. There is, a, you know, a devil me care attitude that comes yes. and a confidence that yes. comes that that I certainly could say I did not feel like this when I was in my 30s or 40s you know isn't that great that's something to look forward to yeah yeah I think you know yeah. and we've so we've got to change the rhetoric we've got to change the record and you know you were a contributor to Emboldened yes. which is a fantastic book and it covers a lot of what we spoke about today actually it does it's um it's Uh, contributors from around the world Mm -hmm. so um, Australia to America to England to Ireland loads of countries Um, and it just gives I guess each contributor has a different take on menopause or maybe different advice um, Mm -hmm. to offer so it's a fantastic collaboration of voices Um, and I love the fact you know, it's from so many different women, yeah. um, you know, so myself and Ashlyn Grimley um, from My Second String, uh, Spring contributed to um, a chapter on kind of the digital and also menopause in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, but there's loads of fantastic contributions in but it. But it's entertaining. It's an entertaining yeah. read. Yeah. 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 It's, it's not, it's, 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 oh God, it's, I have to sit down and read the menopause Bible, <laughs> you know. No, no, no. <laughs> it's not, uh, it's not war and peace. No, <laughs> thank goodness. Yeah. And it's so lovely to to, you know, read something that you can relate to as yeah. well. And like yeah. you said at the M word and at all of the events that you've hosted, I was the same when I was doing the tour with Clemarine Menemin on hormone health. Women were coming up to myself and Dr. Mary Ryan and various other people on the panel um, with that light bulb moment yeah. and also just very very relieved mm. that you know like me at the time when I didn't know what was going on they f- thought they were going mad yeah and then suddenly yeah. they realized they weren't going yeah. mad yeah. and I, they I, weren't alone <laughs> I think that's a key one Lorraine because that's one I would hear a lot you know even like you know messages or emails I'll get from people like Catherine seriously I think I've got early dementia or I think there's seriously something wrong with me and you'll find you know once you talk to them and go through the symptoms mm-hmm. that actually no this is your hormones and they're they're declining and yeah. you know there's there you, you can't stop the decline yes there's things 
things that can help it. Yes. But your hormones are declining and it is going to cause symptoms. Yeah. And it just makes know. sense when you say it like that. Yeah. It yeah. makes absolute sense. And I sense. think when, when I find with a lot of women, I, ke- I keep saying that to them, remember it's your hormones. And it's kind of like a relief because yeah. it's actually, it's not me. Because yes. we can be terrible to blame ourselves for everything. Yeah. Um, whereas when you actually can kind of say, okay, look, this is my body changing. It is my hormones yes. declining. And when you're feeling low, for me, it was for me, it was thank God I'm not going down the road of depression. Yeah, I'm just yeah. on a low because yeah. that's yeah. where my hormones yeah. are at the moment. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. on their knees and I yeah. feel like I'm on my knees. Because, you know, it's funny. I, I you know, I actually think for for some women and this is part of the whole stigma. There's I think sometimes women would prefer to say I have depression as opposed to say I have I'm I'm in menopause. That's because and we took the taboo out of depression in this country a number of years back. So yeah. maybe 10 years ago, we yeah. started having that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And now people are, thank goodness, sharing their stories and they're mm. not embarrassed or ashamed, yeah. you know, for, for going through depression um, because it's not their fault. I think that's what we need to do now. Exactly. And that's what it's, we are it's, doing. It's 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 that's this this is all changing. Um, because the story we're talking and about it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 More 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 talks. <laughs> well, I'm going to ask you for the last word on the M word for anybody listening into the podcast. What what are the key things that we need to to share? If there was uh, the one thing is, I would say if you've daughters, if you've nieces, talk to them about menopause, please. Perimenopause and hormones. And, and Keep hormones, saying the word hormones. Yes. <laughs> like, like do, because like I, my, I have three boys. So menopause. Well, I, I always say to them, you'll be the most understanding partners, yes. you know. Um, but I think it's so important. It's spoken about to everyone and, you know, particularly to to your partners, because um, menopause impacts relationships, it impacts family relationships, you know, be it your partner, your children and so forth. So it is very, very important to keep the conversations going. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I would probably say that's my number one um, thing is to just keep talking. You know, yes. and if you need more support, seek support, seek help, because um, we've won life and we've got to live it. So you and the know. best one that we possibly can. Exactly, exactly. Mm. And it is yes. doable. Read yes. the Essential Guide to Female Hormones, which is available on cleanmarine.ie um, forward slash hormones for free. Or you can pick it up from health stores or pharmacies nationwide and visit your website as well, CatherineWellnessWarrior.ie, because that is full of information. And uh, extremely helpful for anybody out there wanting to improve their journey through menopause, (laughs) perimenopause and all the rest of the hormone stuff. (laughs) Catherine, thank you so much for talking to us today. You're amazing. It's been lovely to have you with us. Thanks, Lorraine. (laughs) 